Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. The Nets back in action in game two tonight without James Harden. And if they lose tonight, they will not win the series without him. It is Chris Carlin in for Greeny this morning. Welcome. Greeny is always presented by Progressive Insurance, and a guest will appear via the Goodyear hotline. And look, when it comes to the Nets losing James Harden the other day, it obviously did not affect them terribly in game one. So you have to feel good about that if you're Brooklyn. But at the same time, this might have a lot more to do with Milwaukee, and we'll explain. Tim Bontemp, CDSPN's NBA beat writer, Going to join us in just a little bit on this series. Then This is Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. First of all, here's Steve Nash on exactly the situation with Harden at the moment. To be honest with you, tightness and and most importantly is he's out for the next game. So we're preparing for tomorrow night as as we ended up playing last night. and, And that's our focus. You know, for James, you know, we obviously are desperate for him to return. And he's a huge piece of what we do in our team. But at this point, I think it would be all guesswork to to really understand. You know, he's had such a little, you know, up and down recent history with it that it's really hard to predict. And uh, so let's hope for the best. But uh, I, I, we can't really say anything too predictive or, or to, you know, too definitive right now. When one of the best things that you can say is that you're hopeful to see him again in this series, you don't feel great about that. And you have Kevin Durant and you have Kyrie Irving. So, of course, you're going to still feel like you're in a pretty good situation. What is a little bit concerning, though, is that the Milwaukee Bucks are probably not getting the respect they deserve. And in game one, they didn't exactly prove that they need that respect. After they had just blown the doors off the Miami Heat in the first round and had a week off, you can make any excuse you want to. They didn't play particularly well outside of Giannis, and that's the big issue here. If Milwaukee is to find a way to win this series, game two, getting one here is obviously of paramount importance. And if you leave New York, if you leave Brooklyn with a split of the first two games, you have to feel fantastic about where you are and what your chances are. And when I look at what happened in game one, Yeah, there was no James Harden after the first minute or so, but the Nets were not defended well enough in this game. I feel like the Milwaukee Bucks in this particular situation knew what had to be done, and they addressed this with some of the moves they made with Drew Holiday and with P.J. Tucker in this past offseason, understanding what they needed as a supporting cast around Giannis and around Chris Middleton. But Middleton was absolutely awful. You can't shoot 6 of 23 against a team that, frankly, may have played a little bit better defensively, but is not interested in playing defense in a consistent way for the majority of the game. When that's the case, you have to be able to take advantage of that. Drew Holiday didn't play particularly well. I looked at game one a lot more about what the Milwaukee Bucks didn't do once Harden was out of the game versus what the Brooklyn Nets did do. And when you listen to Steve Nash there a few moments ago, it's not a situation where it makes you feel terribly optimistic about Harden's ability to come back. Now, 
prior to the trade to get James Harden. I'm one of the people that felt like the Nets have an excellent chance to win the NBA title without James Harden because of the supporting cast that they already had in place. And this is prior to the Dinwiddie injury, but with Spencer Dinwiddie, with a guy like Karis LeVert, who they had developed exceptionally well into being a really, really good complimentary player, somebody that may be able to be a high-end number three player in the league, and developing Jarrett Allen and him getting experience, albeit getting beat up by Joel Embiid, they had good young players that were going to be an excellent supporting cast for those big two. They're gone now. Dinwiddie's obviously hurt. Levert, Jared Allen traded away in the Harden deal. So if you don't have James Harden the rest of this series, which, let's be fair, there's a good chance you don't. They can say it's hamstring tightness at this point, and that may not mean much, but it also, to you, but what it does mean is that if he goes out there and gives it a shot, at any point, the hamstring could go, and then it's shut down. Then it's over. So they're not going to rush him back in any way possible. Absolutely not. This is the same hamstring that cost James Harden 18 games during the regular season. So you can't lose sight of that. Enter the supporting cast that they brought in, and this is what makes Sean Marks such a great GM, bringing in Blake Griffin when it appeared as if he had nothing left, or maybe he wanted it to appear as if he had nothing left to get out of Detroit, how they developed Joe Harris and the player that he has become, statistically the best three-point shooter in the entire league. He showed that in game one. Nick Claxton, I mean, even Mike James coming off the bench the other day, who they just signed from over in Europe to give them 30 minutes after they lost James Harden. They've done a phenomenal job. But the Milwaukee Bucks have the better supporting cast. And that's why they need their number two player in Chris Middleton to be infinitely better in game two than he was in game one. If he is, and if the Milwaukee Bucks can find a way to steal game two, they will win this series if James Harden doesn't come back. I'm absolutely 100% convinced of that, despite the fact that the Nets have done all that they have done in a relatively short amount of time to make that supporting cast even better. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's home quote explorer gives you multiple quote options so you can pick what's right for you. See for yourself at progressive.com. With game two coming tonight, there's so much more to cover, and we're going to do that in just moments with Tim Bontemp. So can the Nets actually win this series if they don't have James Harden against a Milwaukee team that has added everything that they have. You've heard from me. We hear from Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer, next. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. KJZ. When KD thinks about who are the best players in the game, he loves Michael Jordan. You know why? Michael Jordan had the complete arsenal. And I'm not saying I'm speaking for KD, but like, all right, like, you're honest, you're good, but you're not me. Want more from the NBA? Don't miss Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Tomorrow morning, starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Chris Carlin filling in for Greeny today. Our opening segment was Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. We discussed the Nets and the Bucks game two tonight. Here with more on the NBA, ESPN NBA writer Tim Bontemps joining us on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. Tim, Harden out in Less than a minute of game one, yet the Nets still find a way to win. When you looked at how they responded, was it more about what they were able to do or more about what Milwaukee didn't do? I would say kind of a combination of both, Chris. I mean, looking at that game, that really felt like an outlier game in every respect to me, right? You have Blake Griffin go four for nine from three and play his best game as a net by a significant amount. You have Mike James come off the bench and give you 12 points. You have the Bucks go, I think, 5 for 30 or 5 for 31 from three in the game. Um, you know, just you kind of, when you check off all the boxes, just felt like a game that, you know, really just about everything tipped in Brooklyn's favor outside of the obvious of, of James walking off the court 45 seconds in. And I expect that in game two, things will kind of revert back the other way. And I'd be pretty surprised if, the series is not 1-1 going back to Milwaukee later this week for game three. First of all, what's your read, Tim, on James Harden at this point based on what we've heard from Steve Nash and based on what you're hearing? I mean, obviously the Nets have been very tight-lipped about it other than just saying he's out for game two, but it, certainly I don't think anybody should feel very optimistic he's going to be back anytime soon uh, given the fact that he didn't even attempt to run walking off the court with that injury and the fact that we're talking about a guy who just missed, what, a month or five or six weeks with the exact same injury or, or a hamstring strain in the exact same leg. Uh, you know, he just came back two weeks ago, three weeks ago, after missing a month. So, you know, I, I, I certainly hope he's back soon, but I, I'm not uh, overly optimistic that we're going to see James Harden back on the court 
um, anytime in the near future. ESPN NBA writer Tim Bonteps joining us here on Greeny, Chris Carlin, and for Mike this morning. Okay, so as you look at it from a net standpoint, yes, they have played without Harden before. They have had success without Harden before, but this is the postseason. So how does Steve Nash have to adapt here? Who ends up playing the much more large role that probably was unexpected prior to this? Is it James? No, I mean, listen, I, I think that I think Mike James will probably get some minutes like he did the other day. I mean, I don't think if he's playing 30 minutes a game, it's probably not going to end great but uh, for over the course of the series. But, I mean, look, I think I think the, the Nets are going to try to need to get more games like the one they got from Blake Griffin. Now, I don't think he's going to hit four threes every game. He's probably going to play that well, but he's a guy that can handle the ball, can make plays, um, you know, as a guy that defenses are going to at least respect, right, and – you know, I think that, that they're going to need him to continue to try to give them some real production. And then obviously, you know, they just are going to need more from their main guys, from from Kevin Durant, from Kyrie Irving, and also from Joe Harris. I mean, Joe Harris, if they get five threes in game one, he's got to be um, a consistent third scoring option for them uh, going forward because, you know, for as good as, as Katie and Kyrie are, they're going to need, you know, at least another guy to be going if they want to keep up with, you know, what is also a very potent Bucks offense. Mike Budenholzer kind of made reference to the fact that when you're preparing for the big three and in less than a minute in, you completely have to change what you're trying to do defensively and you have some, as you use the word, outliers there that kind of happened. So how will they adjust this with just the big two and then the supporting cast in terms of defending them? I would imagine that uh, Drew Holiday will guard Kyrie Irving every second he's on the court. Um, and there's probably not a better guy in the league to match up with Kyrie Irving one-on-one than Drew Holiday. Um, so I, I think that certainly will help. And then, you know, between the other guys that they've got, whether it's Giannis or Chris Middleton or P.J. Tucker, you know, they've got a lot of guys that can at least throw at Durant um, in different uh, in different looks that can, you know, at least tire him out over the course of the game. And really beyond that, and the only other difference that the Bucks have to have really is they just have to make more shots. I mean, they got a lot of wide open shots um, in game one and just didn't make them. And, you know, I don't think that Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are going to combine and go 13 for 42 again in the series. So uh, if those guys make shots and they lock up on defense again, like I said, I, I, if I was a Bucks fan, I wouldn't come out of game one feeling too disheartened about where the series is at. I, I think they're in good position to even this thing up tonight. You know, Tim, I'm of the opinion – that if they do even this series up, and you're not going to see Harden again, that the Bucks are going to win this series. Do you believe that? And if so, if the Nets are going to find a way, what's going to end up being the difference? I thought the Nets. I thought the Bucks would win the series before Harden got hurt. So mm-hmm. I would agree. Uh, I, I think the Bucks are in good shape to win the series if he doesn't come back. Um, but look, I mean. The, the Nets have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, right? They still have two great players. And in Durant's case in particular, they have a truly all-time great player. So, you know, if you tell me Kevin Durant averages 35, 40 points a game this series and pulls out three wins, I won't be surprised, right? Um, he's he's an all-time great player, and he's been phenomenal this season coming back from the Achilles tear. So I, I really think that's the, the main thing. Like, yeah, the Nets will hit some shots if that happens, and the Bucks probably will struggle to shoot from three a bit, but I think more than anything else, it's going to be because 
um, you know, Katie and Kyrie generate enough offense that even without Harden, that's just still able to win. ESPN NBA writer Tim Bontemps joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. Tim, let's shift over to the Sixers series for a moment. Well, we should really call it the Hawks series because they've done a fantastic job here in the early going. Have we all just not paid enough attention to the Atlanta Hawks? I mean, I would say to a point, I mean, they're, they're definitely more talented than the New York Knicks, who they dismissed in the first round um, in a series that, that sort of went the way I expected. I thought it might be a little harder for Atlanta, but they were clearly the more talented team, and they showed that in that series. And, you know, sort of like we talked about with Bucks nets I think that game yesterday was a bit of an outlier game also in Atlanta's favor. Uh, the shot, I believe, over 50% from three in the game. Uh, the Sixers couldn't make a shot. And, you know, Atlanta really jumped on them from the beginning and had, you know, 42-point quarter to start the game. Trey Young went berserk to begin the game. And the Sixers were kind of on their heels after that. So, I mean, look, the Hawks have really, since they got everybody healthy uh, in early March when they made the coaching change and brought Nick McMillan in to replace uh, Lloyd Pierce, they've won, I think, 65% of their games. They've been a terrific team. So certainly not surprised they're in the second round. I think they've got a chance to get another game or even maybe two off the Sixers in this series because they do have a potent offense. But if Joel Embiid stays healthy, uh, again, sort of like the Bucks net series, I, I think the Sixers are going to end up being okay because for as good as the Hawks have been, Joel Embiid is the best player in the series, and, and I think that'll tend to um, ultimately tip things in Philadelphia's direction. Tim Bontemps with us, ESPN NBA writer, calls in just a few moments your take on the nets Bucks series, the Nets without James Harden, and if they can win without him, and also on the Sixers as well and what's going on in Dallas. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, the one thing I couldn't get over, Tim, in Game 1 is that Danny Green was on Trey Young for the entirety of the game when you have the number one defender in the league in Ben Simmons on the floor. You have Matisse Thibel on the floor. Will there be a change there? Will Doc Rivers kind of get back to what seems to make a whole lot of sense versus some things that maybe he's made mistakes with in the past with defensive matchups? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure those guys will guard uh, Trey more as the series goes along. I also, I mean, Danny Green's also a very good perimeter defender, and Trey had an awesome first half. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Trey's a great player. He's going to make some shots. So uh, I I do think that'll change some as the series goes on. But, you know, it's not like he was being guarded out there by a subpar defender, too. Right. So, um, you know, Trey's really good. And I I think Trey is also, you know, he's a guy that came into these playoffs with a lot of questions about his game and how it would translate to the postseason. I would say he's answered all those um, with flying colors so far. So, uh, but, yes, I do think Ben and Matisse will get more time on Trey as the series goes on. And, and, I, and, and you saw in the second half even, you know, no matter who was on him, the length of the Sixers uh, began to give Trey some trouble as the game went on. And I, I expect that, you know, Philadelphia will have a little more success against him as the series goes along as well. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Tim, the Mavericks out in Game 7. Luka, phenomenal. KP, 10 shots per game averaged in the series, and obviously the numbers dwindled for him as the season went along. He doesn't sound happy. What is his future in Dallas at this point? Well, it's going to be interesting to see, Chris. I mean, you know, 
after that series, you know, that's the first question a lot of people have is, is what is the fit of Christos Porzingis with that team uh, in Dallas? And, and can he get back to being the player he was uh, prior to these knee injuries that he's had? And, you know, I think some of the numbers in that series are a little uh, wonky just because of the way uh, the matchup went with, you know, the Clippers playing really small and then the, the Mavs playing Boban at center. I mean, it sort of junked things up a bit, but, you know, certainly Chris Stapps has not been the player that Dallas hoped he would be um, as a partner to Luka Doncic. And, you know, I think this offseason is going to be pretty critical. You know, do they think that he can, you know, take an offseason to get healthy again and get back to where he was before? Um, and if not, do they try to turn his, you know, $30 million a year over the next three years into, um, you know, either another player or another combination of players that can help them more? Um you know, contracts that big aren't easy to trade. And, you know, they obviously invested a lot and traded for him in the first place. So, you know, for a team that's got some some real questions this summer, including, you know, whether to re-sign Tim Hardaway and what they need to do with a bunch of cap space they have, you know, one of the big things they've got to decide is, to your point, what do they think the future of Chris Dash is with this team? And, you know, do they believe in him as a, you know, as a piece alongside Luca going forward? Tim, excellent insight. We appreciate the time as always. Thanks very much. Anytime, Chris. Enjoy the nice games. Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer, joining us via the Goodyear hotline. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your take on the Nets and Bucks. If Milwaukee gets out of Brooklyn tonight with game two, are they going to walk away with this series in the end? And we'll also get your take on KP's return and future in Dallas. I shouldn't even say return, but that contract, $101.5 million remaining over the next three years. That is an albatross to say the least. This MLB weekend recap is brought to you by Credit Karma. Visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Credit Karma, money, progress starts here. This weekend, the New York Yankees had an absolutely abysmal weekend. It's getting swept by the Boston Red Sox. And all of their inconsistencies, all of their flaws were on full display. A team that is not very good defensively, a team that is not very good athletically, and a team that does not make contact with the baseball. And I thought that was particularly interesting during last night's broadcast. A-Rod spoke about his conversation with Alex Cora this week. And Cora, the Red Sox manager, of course, spent the last year on the sidelines after being suspended for his role in the Houston cheating scandal and said that he watched baseball more than he has before just as a fan, but also noticing trends in the game and trying to learn from it. I'll tell you what, you look at what he had to say and the things that he felt like were important, and I particularly made note of it, teams that make contact, teams that are athletic, and teams that get runners in with less than two outs. That is not the New York Yankees. He was talking about everything that is not the Yankees at this point. And they have got a lot of soul-searching to do to figure out exactly what they are and if any of what they have been so far can change or this is just it. 
and it's it's a troubling situation for them to be in. And you also have the fact that their ace was called out just this weekend, specifically by Josh Donaldson, who in The Athletic pointed to everything that's gone on over the last week with Major League Baseball digging into all of the foreign and illegal substances the pitchers have been using to try to increase their spin rate. And he pointed, Donaldson did, directly to Garrett Cole and said, did you notice that Garrett Cole's spin rate in his last start, just as all of that news was breaking about MLB investigating even further all of the use of foreign substances by pitchers, that his spin rate was all of a sudden way down. Is that a coincidence or not? And he just threw it out there like, I don't know. But you know exactly what he was saying because this is the same guy that a week and a half ago basically had an entire catalog, as he put it, of video for for pitchers who are using foreign substances to try to increase their spin rate and be that much more effective. I'll tell you what, this is something that is going to continue to be ugly for Major League Baseball in the coming weeks, and it's going to get worse. We have seen the big differences here. Do yourself a favor, if you have a minute, go and look at all of the offensive numbers and just how far down they are this season. Not just the home runs. Look at on-base percentage. Teams are not getting on base nearly as much. Last year, in 60 games, and granted, we're right at that 60-game mark now. In the 60 games last year, on-base percentage for teams, the lowest two were under 300 for the season in baseball. There are currently six teams, six, that are under a 300 on-base percentage this year. Hitters are really being put in a very difficult position right now and offensively trying to find ways to put the ball in play, and there have just been so many pitches that have become unhittable because of the increased spin rate. So when exactly... Could the actual rule with real suspensions start to get implemented? Here's Buster Olney this morning on KJZ. This is going to be a huge deal, and it could start as soon as a week from today. The union is in concert with this. There have been conversations with Major League Baseball, the union, uh, the umpires. There was a conference call on Friday. A memo is going to go out to teams probably later in the week, and the orders will go to the umpires to enforce a rule that's already on the books, and it is going to, it is going to be remarkable to watch. Yeah, this could get particularly ugly for a lot of the top pitchers in the game. Trevor Bauer is somebody that continued to point out for a couple of years leading up to now about what pitchers were doing and how you could easily spot what was going on. Said it was a combination of rosin and sunscreen on their arms and continually pointed it out and then just started doing it. Basically, you'll remember earlier this year, baseball said they're going to look at Trevor Bauer in particular and start an investigation into him. Well, that's why (laughs) he had been so out there openly tweeting about this for a couple of years and then just started doing it 
because nobody was calling him out on it. So baseball has had this problem of pitchers getting a major, major bump from having this advantage and still somehow not being able to easily fix it. And they made it even worse themselves by changing the baseball this offseason. Everybody, it seems, on both sides and in the middle is trying to level the playing field. But in the process of doing that, they're making it completely tilted in one direction. How is that possible? Baseball does what they can with the ball to try to fix that. Pitchers then try to use more and more and more of the sticky stuff, as they're calling it, to work to their advantage after hitters for years had been at an advantage when it comes to hitting. It's, it's really amazing that they have not been able to figure this out to get it to a point where one side is not complaining about the other. That is some straight talk, and right now it's time for Straight Talk Wireless because, yeah, money and saving money feels good. But cutting your wireless bill in half That feels really good. Like walk off home run in the ninth inning good? Eh, maybe maybe not quite that good, but pretty darn good. With Straight Talk, you can get 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month. Up to 50% less than the other guys, plus no contract, all on America's best networks. Why pay a whole lot when you can pay half? Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. I'm very anxious to see how many high-level suspensions we're going to have. Do you see a pitcher like Garrett Cole, who not a year and a half ago got a contract for $340 million, $324 million, and now all of a sudden you're going to see his effectiveness drop off the table in year two because he can't cheat, because he can't use performance-enhancing substances on his fingers to improve the spin rate. It's, it's amazing. Remember when you'd look back at all of the monstrous numbers that were put up by hitters during the performance and drug era, during the steroid era, and then you'd look that next year, who looks smaller, who, whose numbers have gone considerably down, and they were noticeable. I wonder if you're going to start to see that with pitchers as well. Those spin rate numbers going down. And those spin rate numbers on Garrett Cole in his last start were down considerably. The Ultimate Fighter is back. The reality show that brings top MMA prospects together under one roof to compete for a UFC contract is on ESPN+. Stream new episodes every Tuesday only on ESPN+. You can also stream Greeny along with hours of daily sports talk. Sign up now at ESPNPlus.com slash UFC. In moments, for a long time I've hated myself, but this morning I really kind of did for bad decisions. How many times have you been in that spot? For me, all too many, and today I really felt even worse than usual. I'll tell you why in a moment. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, 
Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Chris Carlin in for Greeny today. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Greeny, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. We've all made our bad decisions in life. I've made plenty of them along the way. And you wake up, Sometimes after some rough nights and you're looking through your pockets, how much money, and you have like $4. Wait a second, I had 150 bucks when I went out last night. How do I have $4 left? That's kind of the way I felt this morning. It was a hangover that wasn't alcohol-related. It was induced by Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather. What's wrong with me that I can't make a good decision financially? In a situation like last night, I'm sitting there talking with a friend, and they asked the question, are you going to watch the Logan Paul Mayweather fight tonight? And I'm like, oh, God. First of all, I had completely forgotten about it, to be honest. But secondly, knowing that I'm coming in here and doing the show, I would never do it out of, I have to see this out of, I can't wait to be entertained. I did this strictly out of a guilty obligation in case you cared. 50 bucks. 50 bucks out the window. And I felt like looking through my pockets this morning for, what did I get? How do I not learn? How do I not learn lessons in life at this juncture? How do you not move forward and realize that in instances like this, when it's clearly just a money grab on every front, that I shouldn't let them grab my money. I'm watching this last night. And I don't know that I've ever fully watched a fight or any sporting event. Unless a team that I was heavily invested in was losing badly, but it, it, frankly, a sporting event that I had no interest in, in terms of rooting, 
and watching it and thinking, God, I can't wait for this to be over. But that was it last night. My wife, my wife is walking into the office where I'm watching this like every three to four minutes and just shaking her head. What are you doing? And it's not like it wasn't something. It, it was something. I just don't know what it was. It was this guy who's six one and 190 pounds who all of a sudden decides he wants to be a fighter because he's got 23 million followers on YouTube and 9 million on Instagram, that that's what you can do. And I don't, don't mean to begrudge him that at all. You have that opportunity, you go do it. More so, though, I felt bad about giving my money to Floyd Mayweather than I did Logan Paul, and that's really saying something. Because Floyd Mayweather, guaranteed from the fight, was getting $10 million, then probably picked up, oh, another 25 in endorsements and such, and then was getting 50%, 50% of the buys on pay-per-view last night. So think about that for a minute. It was $49.99. If they got a million buys, Floyd Mayweather got another $25 million out of it. And all of the lead-up packages that they have put together, and I'm not faulting Showtime, they're trying to make money too, but all of the lead-up packages are just Floyd taking us on tours of his house and the strip club he owns in Vegas. And I'm thinking, holy cow, I'm part of the problem. I'm someone that is at fault for this. I'm an enabler. Now, usually in my life, people are enabling me. It's not the other way around. But I was an enabler. I was complicit in that disaster last night. And I wake up this morning and I read a little bit about it. And people, oh, not a bad fight. Not a bad fight. Floyd was standing out there occasionally throwing punches and shockingly landing them against somebody who's not a professional fighter in the least. And yeah, he's 5'8", and Logan Paul is 6'1". He may not knock him down. That's fine. Floyd's just standing out there with his hands and his gloves up around his face the entire time because Floyd is out there to do one thing, not get hurt. How do I not learn my lesson when leading up to this mess? One of the big moments in promoting it is one guy grabbing another guy's hat. And it wasn't even Logan Paul, it was Jake Paul, his brother. That, to me, at that moment should have said, you're out. At the very least, you're out. And I'm somebody that loved what we saw in Triller a few weeks ago. But this, I was actually, like the highlight for me was Migos coming out with their new single. That was it. I mean, Chad Ochocinco fought, and all I could think of, well, I guess this guy could take Geno Smith or IKN and Polly. It feels like that right now. There was not much in terms of entertainment to be had. And somehow, beforehand, when Floyd Mayweather called it, quote, legalized bank robbery. He called it legalized bank robbery. And I'm handing the money over. I really, really hated myself. I hated myself after I clicked OK on my cable box. I hated myself for the rest of the night. 
I hated myself this morning, and frankly, I have hated myself for the last four and a half minutes for talking about it. But I'm hopeful that maybe you can take something out of that and we won't be part of the problem moving forward. Hey, the football offseason is always wild. With all the trades, free agent signings, and new coaching hires, teams have to be excited for the coming season. If you want to hire people that you're really excited about, team up with ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. No wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. To try ZipRecruiter for free, just go to exclusive web address right here, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Major NFL trade made over the weekend, and for the life of me, I can't figure it out. That's next on Greeny. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.